The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. And today I have a very special guest, an OG guest, might I say, of Buffalo Rumblings from Circling the Wagons, Nate. Nate, how are you doing? Oh, I am so good, Steve. Thank you for having me on. I've been listening to you since uh, the beginning, and it's it's so cool that we uh, get a chance to connect, man. Oh, this is this is huge for me. You know, like it's so special to me be able to interview an OG of Buffalo Rumblings because I've been listening forever, and now I'm I have my own show, and it's it's kind of surreal. But how about you just give the listeners a little background of how you started, how Buffalo Rumblings started, and then we'll get into the matchup uh, this week with the Rams and the Bills. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so this this whole endeavor started around 2017, right when Sean McDermott got hired, right when uh, the Rex Ryan got fired, that new regime came in. And at the time, so I'm a podcast addict. Uh, you know, I listen to all sorts of podcasts, comedy podcasts, a little bit in politics, but mostly like just funny things, fantasy football, all that stuff. And I was like, I was dying for something in the bills realm and even guys like even the real true ogs like sal marana and joe biscalia like the media members that now have podcasts they do weekly back then they didn't do it weekly they did it like once a month or once every three weeks or whatever and you just crave that content like every week like i want to hear about my team every week and the only the only you know, show you had in town was WGR. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, there, there were a few fan podcasts like we started out as, and we still are basically, but you know, we they just didn't really grab me. And I'm like, okay, well, if I would do a podcast differently, what would I do different? You know, what, what would I do to set myself apart or to give the listeners something different? So, um, you know, I talked with a couple of good friends from my high school and guys I've been talking, we talk bills all the time. I'm like, Hey, let's just record it and see how it goes. And, you know, we'll add in some sound bites and sound drops. Um, you know, I know Nick from the Nick and Nolan show wants to claim that like he was the one who started it, but it wasn't, it was, it was absolutely <laughs> me. We used to do them live on the air, which they were terrible. The, the technology, I remember. <laughs> the technology I remember. was absolutely terrible in the beginning. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, uh, it was, it's embarrassing listening back. It's actually funny listening back, but, um, you know, uh, we just started it and we did two shows a week. And I got to be honest, I mean, you know, doing one show a week 
which people don't think it's a lot of work. Like it's actually a, a lot more work. The fun part is this part where me, I get to talk to you. My wife's like, oh, you get, a, you get to uh, talk to someone, you know, on the Romans podcast. I said, yeah. She's like, oh, do you have to edit afterwards? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and she's like, oh my, oh my gosh. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to go to bed before midnight. And I'm like, yes, if this is going to, this is going to be so nice. But anyway, <laughs> enough about that. But, <laughs> but we're, you know, we, we started to do it every week. We did it twice a week. We did previews, we did recaps. And, uh, and, you know, we started to, to gain some listeners, you know, at the very beginning, we were so happy to get like 10, 15, 20, like, oh my gosh, like, can you believe that? Like there are yeah. 15 people want, want to hear us talking about the bills. And then it just kind of grew. I started to interview more and more people. I, you know, I went from, you know, I interviewed Anthony, which was, which is now on, on the uh, Rumblings podcast network. He was the third podcast to join in Breaking Buffalo Rumblings, but he was part of Believe before that. And, you know, I, I interviewed him. I, I interviewed a bunch of different like cool people and the community in Buffalo. I mean, you know, cause I, I know I just heard your interview with Sal Capaccio. I mean, the media members in Buffalo are so cool and so open that it's usually not a big deal for them to talk, you know, and, and just spare some time to, to talk in your podcast. So yeah, so we started that, started that way, you know, Matt, uh, the editor in chief of, of, uh, Buffalo rumblings, Matt Warren, he joined with Romans Q and a right after, and then, you know, breaking Buffalo rumblings started believe joined believe was already a separate podcast within Buffalo rumblings, but then they joined the network and, you know, it just kind of grew from there and it's blossomed. And, you know, it's one of those things It's kind of funny. Um, I know, you know, we will talk bills eventually, but, uh, the culture within any group is so important. And I remember listening to some talk radio back in the day and the, the bills, oh, culture doesn't matter. It's just the talent of the players and this and that. It's like, no, culture matters. And you can see it now with the Buffalo Bills. And not for nothing, I feel like we have it within the group. All of the people you know, that we talked to, I mean, when, when you first joined, I talked with you several times. It's our first time talking over a podcast. You know, great guy to talk to. Bruce and Nick were always the same way. Anthony's the same way. Matt's the same way. It's just like, it's just a bunch of like fun nice people. John is the same with John Boccasino and Jamie. It's just like, it's, it's just a great group of guys. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part of it, to be quite honest. And, you know, happy to have you on too. And man, love talking bills. Any, any excuse I, I get to, to give my own opinion about the way that things are going on right or wrong is, is, uh, is a good time. You know, it's, it's pretty wild. You know, we, I don't have a degree for this. I'm just, I just been a bills fan my whole life. And I've been embraced by people that listen to what I, what I did on YouTube. And then I ran into Jamie, uh, you know, the, the ginger beard man wonder. I love him. Uh, you know, I love Bruce. I, I love Anthony. Now I love you, man. Like this is, this is so <laughs> cool. You know, little by little, I'm going to get Boccasino on here too, man. It's been a minute, uh, since I connected with yeah. those guys on believe. And, uh, uh, you know, this is just a very amazing time to, get content that is just evolving for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, you got, you know, rumblings and you got all a bunch of other podcasts that are going out there. I listen to shout a lot uh, with Matt Perino. Shout, shout out to shout, shout out to shout <laughs> with Matt Perino and uh, Ryan Talbot, you know, Ryan, Ryan and Matt embraced me from the beginning, just like um, Dan Mitchell did uh, shout out to him as well. Uh, you know, when I started just on YouTube, I was just having fun with it. Um, and then it just began to evolve just with who I ended up talking to. And now I'm here in Buffalo rumblings and, um, you know, without further ado, we should just talk about what's going on this week, because one thing I see is that I don't think anyone really knows how to dissect how this game's going to turn out. Right. So if we're talking about how pivotal this matchup is, let's just start with Josh Allen here. So how pivotal is this matchup for Josh Allen's career 
especially coming off a 400 yard um, game with four TDs. I think that this is probably one of the biggest tests for him as a quarterback. And this is one of the more significant games for the Buffalo bills since uh, 2018, I'd argue. So the bills, so I have this stat here. So the bills are going to face four two and O teams in the next four games, right? Nobody, every, every team that the bills play, they, they play the Rams this week. They play the Raiders next week, the Titans the week after that Kansas city, the week after that. And all of them are two and O at this moment in time right now. Okay. Now, by the time we play some of those teams, they might have a loss or two or three, but right now they're all undefeated. And if you go back to 2018, the bills only have had three wins out of 16, out of 16 games, one, where they've been against teams that actually have a winning record. Now you're talking a nine and seven Tennessee team last year without Ryan Tannehill um, in 2019. There was a Marcus Mariota led team. Mm-hmm. You have an eight, seven and one Minnesota team in 2018. And then you have a nine and seven Tennessee team again in 2018. Those are the only teams that they've been in the last two seasons that have had, that have ended up with winning records. So the Rams finished, I believe they finished 10 and six last season. Um, this is a good team. This is a good test. If you want to test how good your quarterback is, how good your franchise is in general, this is the perfect test, I believe, for the Buffalo Bills. Now you talk about Josh Allen. Um, you know, this is this is important for Josh Allen. This is also important for us as Bills fans because we we're man, we're close. We think that we found a franchise quarterback. And Josh Allen, and I don't know about you, Steve. I know you're married. You have you have a, a newborn. Um, in my opinion, finding a franchise quarterback is like finding the woman or man, you know, that you're going to marry. Right. Right. So you need you want to make sure that this is the one. Like there's there's certain things that, that that happen along the way, ups and downs while you're dating, while you're getting to know each other, and at each turning point, you have to decide: is this going to continue or is, is it time to cut loose? And the way that Josh Allen has been going from season to season, from the time that he's gotten in the league, he's been improving. He's improving as a passer. He's improving with his decision-making. And he's got, he's got all these things going for him. He had the 300-yard game in week one. He had the 400-yard game in week two. I mean, he's just checking off boxes on the franchise quarterback list. I mean, this is, this is close. I think we're going to marry him, but he hasn't beaten a team like this yet. Right. And you know, the, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and the, and the Rams are a good team and it's, it's just, it's just another check, you know, let's check that box off. Can he beat a good team? And it's just something he hasn't done. I, it's not that he can't do it. He just hasn't done it yet. So um, I think this is huge in my opinion, if he wins now, if he loses, you know, I don't think, I don't think we'll think, well, you know, throw, throw, don't, don't give him the fifth year option, but, I, I think this this could be big if he wins this game. What about you? So I, I really want to piggyback off the topic that you said about the whole mirroring thing with the Bills and Josh Allen, right? So I've gone on the record since I started with uh, Buffalo Rumblings and basically saying that eventually the Bills have to live with his game. You know, every quarterback is always going to have something that is going to clash with something or someone on the team. It is what it is. I look at this game, this matchup, and you know, he didn't shy away from Ramsey before, 
And I don't think he's going to do it this game. And he's 10 times better than he was in 18. Um, and he, he had Robert Foster. Look at who he had. I mean, the, the, the offensive line was collapsing on top of him when he was throwing passes down the field. I don't foresee that happening against the Rams. If we play sound football against, you know, Aaron Donald, right? But one thing I look at for me is this could be his playoff game. This is playoff game. Redemption game is the best way to put it. Like everyone's mounting so much hype over this game because of the names that are in it. But I see that that's good for the media. It'll be good for Josh Allen, but as a bills fan, I, I kind of, I'm happy that's happening, but I also see it like this is a game where the critics are going to shut up. I know Josh Allen is the future of this franchise. I, I really do believe that. Um, but it's, this is a game where I think it's going to be nice to get that pressure off his back and he's going to play more confident. Um, I think the bills are going to win. I'm going to say my, I know people wait till the end of the podcast to say this, but I'm going to say at the beginning, I mean, I really think the bills are going to win 28 to 14. I really do believe that. Um, we're going to break down why, but you know, coming off such a pivotal game against the dolphins where, Oh, by the way, all you people who literally pick the Dolphins, you literally pick the dolphins to win the division. I hope this wakes you up. Yeah. They signed a bunch of people, but you know, now let me, let me say this as well. I don't think they were scrubs. Van Noy is not a scrub. They have some studs in their secondary, but they couldn't hang with the bills. Plain and simple. Josh Allen's better. Stefan Diggs is elite and his, the surrounding cast is pretty damn good with, with the defense that was looking really shady in that game. The offense showed up. Um, you know, this, this is going to be a good matchup for Allen and his career because it's not only going to silence the doubt for several weeks, but we're going to end up playing the chiefs and it's going to be nice to have that pressure off his back. Let's say he loses against the Raiders or the Titans he beat Ramsey. He beat Aaron. He, he beat Aaron Donald. That's a big deal. And then you go into prime time against the chiefs and, uh, you know, you come back at it again with a really strong game. So this is going to really be a huge deal for his confidence. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Josh Allen's confidence is huge for his development. And I, I look at the playoff game in retrospect and I'm like, you know, he started that game off really confident and then his confidence just got shaken really bad because no one was catching the ball. He was trying to make plays and nobody was making plays for him. Yeah. You're going to think a lot of pressure then falls on you. But then we see the game against Miami and we're thinking, Oh, Miami just stinks. I don't think Miami stinks. I just think the bills got really freaking good. Um, so let's get into this next question here, Nate. So, how does the Bills offense match up against the Rams defense? Well, the Bills offense, you know, they have to continue what they're doing and Josh Allen, the offense, they, they just, they can't hit a, a stalling point right now in their progress. And I think the thing that you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned Jalen Ramsey, uh, Josh has proven that he can take advantage of a matchup with that. And, and like you said, he had Robert Foster before he didn't have a Stefan Diggs or even a John Brown at that point. So, um, the, the bills really do need to stop Aaron Donald. And that's what scares me, uh, as a bills fan, because, uh, when the bills got 
defensive tackle Quinn Jefferson from the Seattle Seahawks. I remember looking at this really cool stat. It was the NFL pass rush win rates for defensive tackles. And it was cool because Quinn Jefferson was number five and Oliver was number seven. And I'm like, sweet. Now we have two defensive tackles that are really going to be good at, at rushing the passer. But of course, who's number one on that list, right? Aaron Donald. I mean, he's just a beast. And after reading a, a, an article by Joe Viscali of The Athletic last week, it sounds like the interior of the line is really struggling, specifically on Quinn Spain's side. And that worries me because I know that I, I watched the Monday night game or the Sunday night game or whatever it was where the Cowboys played the Rams, and he was in the backfield all night long. And if you can neutralize Aaron Donald, I think the Bills win this game the bills offense can can take advantage will josh allen have a 300 yard game who cares i think the bills can win this game if they can neutralize aaron donald uh on on the rams defense and and i and i think they have a good possibility of doing that awesome those are great points and let me just say this because I, i need to preface this before i get into any of my other points in relation to what you said so i don't respect the rams defense enough as a whole to give them the edge right now I get it. You have Jalen Ramsey and you have Sam Dar- or Sam Darnold. No, they don't have Sam Darnold. They have Aaron Donald, right? They used to. <laughs> <laughs> they used to, right? Oh, no. They No, I'm thinking of uh, Sam Bradford. <laughs> yeah, Sam Bradford, right. <laughs> All these names get jumbled. Yeah, Look, they did. Aaron Donald's big deal. Jalen Ramsey's a big deal. But I couldn't help but see the Cowboys miss plenty of opportunities against them to win that game. Uh, CeeDee Lamb down the middle, dropping wide open passes. It was, it was embarrassing. Um, I don't think that offensive pass interference call should have been called. I don't, I, I, I just, I, I'm so upset that that was a game ending play. Like it was a call, a flag ended that game. They were playing fine. They could have beaten the Rams. Right. And then I look at the first half with the Eagles and the Rams. And one thing I noticed is I mean, the center of their defense, their linebacking core just could not keep up with the drag routes, with the slant routes. Um, Carson Wentz wasn't pushing the ball down the field, but um, that's something that I believe is the Bills' bread and butter, right? You look at Cole Beasley, you look at John Brown, you look at Stefan Diggs, they are really good inside the numbers. And uh, I think that's going to be a big problem for the Rams. And in my opinion, when I look at how the Rams defense looked with the Eagles and I know people are going to rave about them, whatever have you, I get it. They're two and zero. great. They won the game. I just didn't think Carson Wentz played aggressive. And right now, Josh Allen is on a completely different level of aggressive that they're going to have to wake up and see really quick in that game. Because if they let Allen score 14 points right off the bat, we're going to blow them out. But let's say they try to slow him down. They, they try to confuse him with different looks, whatever have you. I, I just don't believe they have all of their personnel on defense. Like they're just going to be able to match up well against us. Now, the point blank is this. I just think Josh Allen is 10 times better than last year. And think about where he was when he went against Ramsey in 2018. He still was able to push the ball down the field. He was Josh Allen. He scored running the football um, I see a game like that just on a different level. I see way more confidence from him. And let's let's give a, <laughs> a lot of attention here to Diggs, right? Let's talk about it. We have to. 
153 yards on a revamped Dolphins defense, mind you. Caught the ball in double coverage. They had Byron Jones, Howard. They had everyone they needed to match up well against the Bills, and they lost. It was a shootout, but they lost. That were the, I mean, that, that touchdown at the end with Fitzpatrick, I mean, we literally just played off the entire time, and we just waited for the onside kick to win the game. That's what I believe. I don't think we wanted to play aggressive to get ourselves hurt and get ourselves in trouble. I know some people are like, no, we should have been aggressive, whatever. I, I just don't think the score really told the story of that game. Josh Allen dominated. Our defense did a good enough job. You got <laughs> Dodson and Klein filling in for Edmonds and uh, Milano right away. That's, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and they held their ground. They did a good job. So uh, finally, I'm going to say, I just see Allen testing the secondary's waters quickly and often. Quickly and often. I, I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to be afraid and it's going to be good. Um, when you have, I, I see it this way too. When you're going against an NFC opponent, I mean, it's not a divisional opponent. You can, I, I feel like play a little bit more loose. It, it, there's not as much on the line in my opinion. Um, I feel like when you start the season off with two divisional games, that's huge down the stretch. Um, so let's get in, let's get into more of the offense. Cause I know we were talking throughout the week, Nate, and you wanted to real talk quick, about real quick, real quick, Steve. I, oh yeah. Go ahead. I really go ahead. Wanted to, I really wanted to piggyback off your point about Stefan Diggs. I mean, sure, not only sure. did the guy have 150 yards this past week, but I mean, this is his second game with Josh Allen. I mean, this isn't like a relationship between Julio Jones and Matt Ryan, where they've been playing for 10 years. You know, this is, this is a brand new I mean, we, I'm excited. We should all be excited about this because if this is what he can do in just two games, I mean, just imagine what it could, I mean, we have Stefan Diggs for the next, you know, four seasons, <laughs> you know, this is, this is an exciting time to be a Bills fan and he is good. And yeah, I just, I just wanted to add that one part because, um, I, I mean, this, the sky appears to be the limit for the Bills offense, uh, in 2020. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And how about we dive a little bit more into the offense? Because obviously throughout the season, we want to see our weapons get utilized as far as tight ends go, right? So yeah. when will Croft and Knox begin to gel in this passing offense? So I, I don't want to sound pessimistic. Okay. I kind of want to sound realistic when it comes to the tight ends. Now I talked with Joe Biscali before the season, before training camp, and it was kind of like a, hey, you know, you had the list of needs for the Buffalo Bills, you know, after the draft. And I noticed you didn't have tight end on them. And in my opinion, so this is how I, I view the tight end group. You have Tyler Croft, who's a veteran, which is always good to have in the room. But, you know, a stiff breeze from, from Abbott Road could literally put him on the IR, right? I mean, it's just the way he plays. It's just, just the way his career's gone. Nothing against him personally. He just gets injured often. Right. Then you have... Dawson Knox, who is the most raw of raw tight ends coming in, so in his, in his second season. I mean, the guy started, I believe it was only 18 games at Ole Miss. And not only that, he was a converted quarterback to a tight end. So it's not like he was playing tight end in high school or even wide receiver in high school. So you're talking about a guy who, and, and mind you, he only had 39 receptions in college. So you're talking about just, I mean, just like anything, Steve, your job, my job, the more repetitions we get at it, the better we get. 
It's just, it's just the way it goes. If you want to go through the 10,000 hours, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, you know, how to become world-class at something, then that's fine. But the closer you get to 10,000 hours, the more reps you get, the better you get at anything. And he just didn't play a lot of tight end. He just didn't play a lot in general in college. He didn't catch a lot of passes. So he's got to make up. So just to give you a, a comparison for what Dawson Knox went through, like everyone says, like Mike Jacecki Mike had a great game last week, right? It's a yeah. game that Dawson Knox hasn't had yet. Well, Mike Jacecki's in his third year. And while he was in college, he played about three times as many games <laughs> as Dawson Knox did, I believe. Or maybe it was, oh, it was over two and a half, right? I think he played like 40-something games in Penn State. He had almost three times the amount of receptions he had in Penn State. So year three, this year, he's really coming on as a great tight end. And it usually historically takes tight ends three to four seasons to start you know, start hitting their really, their peak level of production. Right. And it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if you ever been at a job where like, there's some things where guys can come in and just automatically do really well. It's like the running backs of the team, like running, running backs right out of college. They can come in and just start and just produce. Right. Yeah. It's, it's like tight ends are that position within your company where like they need time like you can't just bring them in as an intern and then they just you know they they're all of a sudden they're they're a project manager as soon as they come in out of college right like they they need time to understand the industry to understand how you know the job works or whatever before they can really become you know a manager or whatever that's tight ends in the nfl right now it takes three to five years for guys to really get good and dawson knox is even more raw than the tight ends that are coming out in the first, second, and third rounds, right? Right. So, so you know, Joe Biscali, when he came on, he's like, he's like, listen, he's like, he showed a lot of great things on tape, which I believe he just needs more time to put it together. So I don't think it's going to happen this season. I think you're going to see improvements from last season. I think he's struggling already, and that's kind of concerning um, but I, I, I have faith that he'll get it if, if not this year, next year or the year after, like, I mean, we just need to give him time. I mean, fans in general really need to give Dawson Knox some time to really grow. And I'm kind of a little bit upset that they didn't address the position more in the off season, either with a draft pick or with another veteran. I know they tried to sign Greg Olson, which was a great move, but, um, I mean, I mean, I, I was just listing off the tight ends after that you have Tommy Sweeney was a seventh round pick and not for nothing seventh round picks come and go in the nfl you can't count on them to become a potential starter so um and you know and, and then you know we have we have reggie gilliam which you know we all like his upside again undrafted rookie i mean the guy needs time it's just one of those things so i don't know if it's going to happen this season part of me wonders if that's one of the reasons why they ran a lot of no tight end sets in week one and um, yeah yep i, I I'm curious. I, I think it's going to take time. I don't think it's going to be this season. Don't be surprised if they draft and sign another tight end next season. Maybe not as high as a third round like Dawson Knox, but I don't think it's it's going to happen this season. What about you? Well, I just I just think proof is in the pudding, Nate. I think our running game isn't getting going. And the only time I've ever seen tight ends get involved in the offense is when our run game really gets going. And uh, I think last year we were running the ball really well. But this year, I feel like we're more of a passing offense. As I anticipated, I thought that we weren't going to really ground and pound like the old days. I think this whole five wide set, more bunch set, um, tight slots, I think it's cool. I think it's great. And I think um, it's, it's good for Josh Allen's development. 
you, you see a lot of, a lot of guys like, uh, you know, Blake Bortles, like he never really developed. I mean, they prioritize more about running the football and instead of, you know, spreading the football around and with the bills, they're going the complete opposite way, which I think is great. You got a strong arm quarterback and you, you want him to prove that he can be an accurate quarterback, give him more chances to do that. And, uh, you know, I only think in my opinion with Knox and Croft, <laughs> I don't see them really getting involved any more than they have. If the passing game, unless the passing game slows down and we have to start running the football more and then we have to disguise things to get the football to our tight ends. Um, maybe that's going to happen in the next coming weeks with, uh, the Raiders and the Titans. But in this game, I just, I just really feel like our wide receivers have really good matchups and we're going to be able to really expose them. Um, which now let's get into, let's get, let's talk about the Rams offense now, because, you know, there's not a lot of talk going on with Jared Goffney. And I think it's because he's not playing explosive, right? So how do you think the bill's defense matches up against the Rams offense? So Jared Goff, we were talking earlier about, you know, finding your franchise quarterback and hoping that, you know, it's the one that you find is truly a franchise quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff, I, I think, I think he's a, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's, don't think he's great. I don't think he's terrible. I think he's, I think he's like a step above like the Ryan Tannehill's right. So you have a guy that's, that's almost like a franchise quarterback or like you like him. You, you're worried if you get rid of him that you'll be able to find someone as good but it also holds back your team salary cap wise because you have to pay him like he is a franchise quarterback. So I look at that and I'm like, that's what I don't want for the Buffalo Bills. I want to know without a reasonable doubt that Josh Allen is the guy. So I'm not too worried about uh, Jared Goff. Like you said, um, you know, he, he hasn't truly impressed me um, as a quarterback. I, th I think he, I think he's okay. I think um, the Bills defense has the ability to to stop the Rams offense. I mean, you know, I, I'm looking at, you know, the ways that the Bills lost last week or the way that the Bills struggled last week defensively. And you're looking at the middle of the field, right? You're looking at Mike uh Gusecki just absolutely tearing open the middle of the field and gaining 130 yards. Last season, the Bills were the third best team against tight ends. And Already, they're like you know they're bottom of the they're bottom of the league this year, you know with just in just a couple of games just because of how poorly week two went, and we all know that had a lot to do with Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds being out, which I was kind of surprised they were both out last week, and it looks like based on today's practice. Now we're recording this on Thursday night. Um, they were both limited in practice, but they were both at practice, and so that's a good sign. And I'm hoping that we get at least one or both back because you just saw, I mean, Leslie Frazier mentioned, mentioned it this week on a conference call. He said, when you have linebackers like Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano in there, it doesn't matter what the offense throws at you because those guys can blitz. They can drop into coverage. They can, they can uh, attack the ball carrier. You have, you can do anything with those two guys in all the time. And they didn't have either of them. I, you know, we talked about tight end depth. I mean, linebacker depth is definitely something we have to possibly address this next off season because we saw what it looks like when they're not in there. And, you know, people will say, you know, 
the Bills really struggled, especially Levi Wallace, which he did. He definitely absolutely struggled last game. But minus him, this is supposed to be one of the best secondaries in the league. You have Tredavious White, all, all pro corner, and you have one of the best safety tandems. And people still found a way. Ryan Fitzpatrick found a way to dismantle this team when those two linebackers aren't in there. So I think if we get one or both of those guys back, I think we'll be in good shape. Mind you, you know, Mike, Mike Gusecki's a, a good tight end, right? He was a top 12 tight end last season. Tyler Higby was a top seven tight end last season. And that's who the Rams have a tight end. And the bills need to worry about that. He had three touchdowns last week. And so um, I, that's, that's what worries me at this point and looking at it, as long as we get one or both of those guys back, I'll, I will just feel a lot better going into Sunday's game. I totally agree off of that point. You know, I'm going to piggyback off of the Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, uh, situation. Uh, I would prefer personally, uh, just because having your Mike linebacker is huge <laughs> against a, uh, against a guy like Jared Goff, who's, you know, thrown inside the numbers and whatnot. Um, rather than I know I love, look, I love Matt Milano. I really do. But against a team that I think is running the hell out of the football, you need to have your Mike linebacker in there. And I would give Matt Milano more rest. If in the event we, we have to pick between both of them, you know, that, that's just my opinion, but let me just get into my points real quick, Nate, because I'm going to start off with, I think this matchup is about coaching, 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 right? Sean McVay is working magic. I think this matchup is going to be something we can almost put in the Bills history books because it's going to be such a fun game to watch um, our defense against their offense because you have a brilliant mind in Sean McVay and a brilliant mind um, you know, on the defensive side with Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. So I look at what we're going to have to do and, you know, just stop the sweeps, stop the sweeps and, you know, try to stifle up their running game by throwing different looks at them. And we win. Uh, that's just what I think. And I think for Sean McDermott, this win is just as important for him as it is for Josh. And, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think it's going to be important. We need the linebackers to disrupt the passing lanes and ultimately just make Goff throw the hard throws against trade a, uh, you know, throw it deep and, you know, make him force throws that he's uncomfortable throwing to make a play happen. And I think we win that game. If we do, I, I just don't think in my opinion, Jared Goff is an explosive quarterback. Um, you know, I foresee a big day for Tredavious white in the event. They try to um, utilize Robert Woods a lot. Uh, you know, just one-on-one. -on -one. I, I don't see Robert Woods winning against Tredavious white just down the stretch. You look at, Maybe he'll get some passes and whatever have you crossing routes. But if you're looking at like a red zone situation, they're not going to score. Uh, they're trying to, trying to throw the ball to Robert Woods, which is why if we stifle the run game, stop their sweeps, I think we're going to be in good shape. It's just trying to identify when they do them because, man, I'll tell you, it, you, you look at what Sean McVay does and <laughs> when the plays happen, it's like, oh, he's doing that. But the trick is, is the tricky part is trying to figure out what he's doing and when he's doing it because the plays seem pretty simple. Once they get going, it's just trying to identify the personnel on the field and what they're going to be doing. I saw a lot last week where they were just throwing the, you know, the wide receivers in the sweeps. And as long as we keep that in check, I think we'll be good. Um, and not let those plays get out of hand. Uh, you look at a guy, I'm going to piggyback off that Tyler Higby situation. 
I just think that the Eagles could not stop their run game. And Tyler Higby got loose. He got the one-on-one inside the red zone, just kept scoring. And that's how tight ends, you know, get really good. So, you know, I, I don't really see anyone on their team on the offensive side that really just sticks out at me. I, I, I think they're just really well balanced and they're coached intelligently, strategically, and they're very tricky with how they place their personnel around the field and they make defenses, make decisions, um, make, to make sure they're, you know, they're just in place, uh, with what they need to do. I think they do a great job. So, um, with that being said, is there anything you want to touch upon as far as anything on the offensive side of the Rams with the bills or maybe, maybe defensively on each side? Well, you mentioned, you know, Robert Woods, the, the Rams don't have a true number one wide receiver, right? I mean, that's, that is literally, and, and I love Robert Woods, but the whole time he was here, we were just like, yeah, he's kind of like a wide receiver too, though, right? Yeah, exactly. You don't see him getting the one-on-one catches. It's like, even if he goes one-on-one, what he's doing is he's, he's cutting back. He's catching it. You know, he's getting down. Um, you don't see him making catches like Stefan Diggs and double coverage against what people consider elite cornerbacks, right? So, um, I, I just yeah, don't see that. I'm not as worried about Robert Woods. I'm more worried about Cooper cup, um, in the middle against Taron Johnson or right. whoever's going to be covering him over the middle. Um, I, but again, like you said, if, if that's, if that's your worst wide receiver, you know, a slot receiver or Robert Woods, I mean, you know, just, just do what you can and sell out to stop Tyler Higby and the run. And, you know, th- I'll only give you 10 things right there, but if you do all 10, the bills, I think will have a, have a good time and, and yeah. in stopping this Rams offense. So Nate, how about you just give everyone a quick rundown on how they can find all of your content real quick. Well, if you're listening to this podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, just hit that subscribe button and you'll get us after every single game. So every Sunday or Thursday or Monday or whenever we play primetime wise, we we do the recaps um, the night of. So uh, you can hear us uh, discuss everything. So we do some cool segments. We do, you know, our stats of the game. We do our sweet, sassy, molassie plays of the game. Uh, we do our wall of famers, wall of shamers. And we, you know, we get, (laughs) we get some really cool, um, Twitter, uh, responses, uh, from, you know, our Twitter followers. Um, you can find us at CTW pod, which is like circling the wagons pod. You can find us there. And yeah, if you're subscribed and locked into the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network, which you should be, if you're listening here, um, you know, obviously you do a great job. All the rest of the people in our group do a great job. Um, you'll get us after every single game. And, uh, and yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's been fun finally getting together with you, Steve. We, we've been messaging back and forth ever since you, uh, ever since you came on. So it's been good to finally talk with, uh, with you and, and, you know, talk bills. Oh no, I, I'm just so honored to be a part of y'all. I mean, it feels good to be part of the family in Buffalo rumblings and I'm just looking forward to keep growing, uh, get to know the bills more. And, you know, I was talking with Bruce, you know, just learning more about the game of football, um, you know, and how it's just so many things are a domino effect, uh, in different situations. And, um, it's so cool to see how the bills are putting things together. Um, but how about we just wrap it up here? Just ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us again on the buff hub for another episode. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Uh, obviously again, you can find Nate on circling wagons podcast and, uh, go bills. Let's have a great weekend. Let's beat the Rams.